All right, so let's learn. Uh, so, this is Parsha, Parsha Yisra, so we have Man Torah, Yisra Dibris. So, it's well known that uh, as a hachan, as a preparation for Kabbalah Torah, so the Jewish people had to say uh, the two magic words, Nasa Venishma. Right? So, the Rabbanu Shalom sends messages back and forth for a number of days with my Rabbeinu, and ultimately the Kali Yisrael say Nasa Venishma, and, uh, and then we can receive the Torah. So Chazal saying the Gemara Shabbos is a famous, uh, famous sentence that when Klal Yisrael said Nasa Venishma, so Rabbanu Shalom responded, and Rabbanu Shalom was Kviyachal Nispal, Mi Gila Roz who revealed such a secret, such a mystery to, to my children, Shemlach Yashoras Mishtam Shnebai, Nasa Venishma, so he was Nispal. So Nasa Venishma, it's interesting. I mean, we were thinking Nasa Venishma means a certain level of. Uh, of commitment, like, wow, you're jumping right in, it's Kavaldic. But Chazal, the Rav Shalom describes it as a Roz, Migila Roz Zelabanai, the secret of Nasa Venishma. So it's a funny way to describe it. So I guess that's the first question. What's the Indian of Nasa Venishma being considered a Roz, a secret? What exactly is the, uh, is the site of Nasa Venishma? Okay, another very famous question. So the, the, the beginning of Aser Sedivris is the Rav Shalom says, Right? So the Rav Shalom, it's not, you know, it's not just an introduction. This is the mitzvah of Amunah. This is the first mitzvah of Targ mitzvah, mitzvah from Harsinai. I am Hashem, your God, to have Amunah. And the Rav Shalom describes it. And this is all of Torah. Now, this all of Torah is, is summed up by, by, by the beginning. By its, everything, is ta- everything is rooted in, in the beginning. Everything else is just unpackaging of the Shairish. And so all of Tariq Mitzvahs is rooted in Aser Zedibris, right? And all of Aser Zedibris is rooted in the first two statements that Hashem Himself said. And both statements are rooted in the, begin- in the first statement, of Anoich Hashem Alekecha. And Hashem says, So I am Hashem your God, that's a Muna, that's called Tarakula, Asher Tzisicha Meretz Mitzvah, that I took you out of Egypt. So the Farshim will ask if Hashem is, again, if He's trying to explain Kivyachal who He is, so there's probably more fundamental things I, I create heaven and earth. What's this Indian of Hashem evoking Yitzis Mitzrayim, Davka, by, uh, by the Aser Sedivris, by the giving of the Torah? Okay. So it's like this. There's a, a well-known concept that uh, many, well, all of us from bring it down. You know, it's usually spoken about like Pesach and Shavuos time, but that's what the parashas that we're in. In terms of understanding the dynamic of what happened by Pesach and then through the period of Sirius Aimer leading to Har Sinai. So there's a very important and, 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 uh, and fundamental teaching from Narizal that sort of explains that whole tukufa and all this farm quoted. And that's what we'll be speaking about tonight, just a little bit you know, more in depth. The Rizal said like this, that Kala Yisrael, as we know, we're in the 49th level of impurity by Mitzrayim. So we're, we're stuck in a very low place. And in order for us to be able to receive the Torah, so 49 levels of impurity is not a shidduch. So what the Rabbanu Shalom does is that on Pesach, and specifically Pesach night, and then, and then certainly by Kriyas Yamsuf, the Rabbanu Shalom gave us unbelievable madregas, unbelievable levels of clarity, of vision, of sensitivity, telekus, that was all given to us as a matana. It was given to us as a gift, without us earning it, without us deserving it. In the language of Chazal, Rasa Shiv Chalayam, that a maidservant by the Yamsuf saw things that even Yechezkel didn't see, right? 
And famously, Mepharshim point out, the Balei Musa point out, and she's still a shivcha. In other words, that sums up the situation and all the giluim, all the revelations of Pesach and Kriyas Yamsuf is that it was a matanam and a shemaim, where in the language of the Zara Kaddish, it was iserusa de it was an awakening from above. This was something that was a gift from heaven. Chazal say a language regarding Hashem's appearance to us on Pesach and Kriyas Yamsuf. The Chazal quote a Pasuk in Shir Shirim, Medalek el Aharim ekapitz el that Hashem is jumping from mountaintop to mountaintop and hill to hill towards us. In other words, it's not something that we were climbing up towards Hashem. We were in the bottom of 49 levels of impurity. And Hashem came to us and revealed what He wanted, it revealed Himself to us, basically. We could point with a finger, but Kriyas Yamsa Zekeh Okay? And that was an amazing thing. But to the Tachlis is... With, and and said the reason like this, and with all that revelation, because it wasn't earned, because it wasn't an experience that Kla Yisrael acquired with their own Avodah Hashem, so at most it was a re'ia, it was a vision, it was an experience. But the Tachlis is that the Madregis, that the Rabbanu Shalom shows that her, uh, by Kriyas Yamsuf and by Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, they, those should be madregas that we've earned, that we've acquired, that we've paid for with blood, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and avoid the Hashem. And so said the reason, what happens is Pesach and Kriyas Yamsuf, the Rabbanu Shalom, gives us this gift of madregas. And then the madregas are taken away. But after having the taste of it, we want it back. So then you go through Sphere Saimer. Kal Yisrael goes through 49 days of avoida of working. And every single day, we're growing, growing, growing in our Vedas Hashem, and uh, we're paying, and we're, we're acquiring the right to have those madregas that we had by, by Pesach and by Kriyas Yamsa, until finally we get to our scene after 49 days of Voida. And now, you know, we put our money down on the table, you know, this is all of our Vedas Hashem, they're much like, okay, fine, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fair deal, you, you, you put your blood, sweat, and tears, you have your madregas, now I'll give you the revelation that you once upon a time had 50 days ago, but now it's yours to own. Now it's yours. And that, said the reason, is basically the story of Pesach through Shavuos. And according to that, based on that, the fact that Hashem introduces Himself on Har Sinai, Anoche Hashem Alekech Asher Tzisicha Meres Mitzrayim, oh, that, that makes sense. That's Kavaltic, because that was the God, that was the revelation we were all still dreaming about, that we all still wanted to experience, and it was taken away from us seven weeks ago. Why was it taken away from us seven weeks ago? Because it was never really ours to begin with. It was a maton, it was from above. We were in a low place and Hashem sort of just came down from His high mountain to you. But after 49 days, now, uh, now you're Bali Madrega, now you've earned it. Now the, the giluyim, the experiences of Yitzis Mitzrayim and, and Kriyas Yamsuf, maybe not with the miracles in, a, in, in the way it manifested seven weeks prior, but the level of gilu shchina, the level of divine, divine revelation, that is being given to us again by our Sinai, but now it's being acquired. Instead of it being just a vision sort of that you're witnessing, despite the fact that you're a shivcha, now you're, you're acquiring it to you. It's, it's yours. That's the reason. And that's why it's It's a big principle. The reason writes this. It's, it's, uh, all the Sarak Toshim use this as, uh, you know, as sort of the, the, you know, the fundamental you know, sort of, uh, framework to think about Pesach versus Shavuos. The Solinian moving the same madregas of Pesach are just instead of them being a gift, they're now being acquired on, 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 on Shavuos. That's the basic model. Here's the problem. The problem is is that there's a Gemara in Saita. The Gemara says in Saita the Hayamid Aleph the following Shakvatariah. Uh, 
Gemara says like this. The Gemara quotes a pasuk. It's a pasuk in Tilim. Vesdaku shval ruach eshkain. Says in pasuk that Hashem says, "I dwell with the lowly spirits." Those people that are daka, that are small, ruach, and have a low spirit, humble people, those are the ones that I dwell with. That's the Pasuk. So the Gemara has an interesting machlaikis, how Hashem dwells with them. Like, how, how does that work? Because Hashem is up here, and the low, trodden, lowly spirit are all the way down there. So how do you, so how is it possible for Hashem to dwell with them? Like, how does that work? So it says the Gemara like this, Gemara insight to Heimadalf. Vesdaku shval ruach. Hashem says, I dwell with the low spirit. Rav Huna and Rav Chizdas. Machlok is Rav Huna and Rav Chizda. Chad Omar. One opinion is, Asi Daka. That what happens is, the one that's low has to be raised up. Has to be raised up. And then, so Hashem is high, the person starts off as low. But if Hashem wants to dwell with him, the person is raised up. And then, Hashem can be with him. That's one opinion. The Chad Omar, the other opinion is, no, no, no. Ani Estaka. That Hashem descends to the low place in order to, uh, to be with the person that's of low spirit. That's the machlaik, it says the Gemara. Now the Gemara continues, umistabra, and says the Gemara, after that machlaik is between Rav Huna and Rav Chizda, it makes more sense, it makes more sense like the second opinion, that Hashem descends to a low place. Why? Says the Gemara, because Hashem ignored all high mountains and high hills, and Hashem, to give the Torah, he picked, he picked Harsina, as you know, which was a low, a low mountain. And Hashem didn't make a miracle that Harsina should become big. Hashem went down to Harsina. So says the Gemara, if Hashem went down to Harsina, then when the Pasuk says, Hashem says, I dwell with low people, it means that the low, per, low person stays as a low person. But Hashem goes to them. So one second, I understand. In the, if this was a, a, the model of Hashem descending to a low person, that makes perfect sense if you're talking about Pesach. Because the whole thing of Pesach is, and Hashem descends to a low place. And Chazal says such a thing. Hashem is jumping from mountain to mountain, going low and low and lower until finally he gets to us. But said that reason, the whole Indian of Harsinai is not like that. The whole Indian of Harsinai is the Jewish people acquiring Madregas and us ascending above to the point of where it comes to Harsinai, we, we, we've earned the right of experiencing Hashem. So if anything, according to the Kisyari, the, the model of Harsinai would fit more the other opinion that the low person ascends up. That's, that, that, that was the process from Pesach till Shavuos was our ascent up. So what's the Gemara talking about? That Harsinai is the proof that Hashem comes down. That, that's, that's not how it works. Now the truth is, the, 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 so, so, not, so the Gemara doesn't, doesn't fit with, it seems, seems not to fit with what the Rizal revealed. But the truth is, I mean, the Gemara makes a good point, right? Harsinai is a low mountain, right? Talk if it's true, if you think about it, if the Rizal's right. And the whole Indian of Harsinai was the Jewish people starting off low and only being able to receive the experience of Hashem as a gift and something that's, that was uh, like abnormal and a vision. But then when you get to Shavuos, we've raised ourselves up to a great level. Then talk it's true. Maybe Harsinai should have been a huge mountain. So, so what's going on over here? I mean, so again, the Gemara is making a point that Harsinai was an experience of Hashem descending to a low place, Davka. Again, and, and, and understand that when the Gemara is talking about a low place, it doesn't just mean, like, it, it's not just going from heaven to earth. When, you, when you're talking about going from heaven down to planet earth, even Everest is, is low, right? So obviously, if we're talking about the size, we're talking about more uh, 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 metaphorically low and high than just distance of space. We're talking about Hashem descending to as Dakush Ruach, someone that's, that's of low spirit. 
And, 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 and as, like Rav Tzaddik always points out, that when Chazal talk about someone that's poor or someone that's impoverished, we're not talking about someone who really is extremely exalted, but just, you know, uh, you know doesn't want to show off. The Gemara is saying the truth. The truth is, someone who's be'etzem low and downtrodden, spiritually speaking, because the Gemara is always talking about it in a spiritual sense, Chazal say, ain't ani el badas, that whenever we talk about poor people, Chazal say, we're never talking about monetary poverty, we're talking about spiritual poverty. So when we talk about a shval ruach, zdaka, that a low person and a low, and, and someone that's downtrodden, we're talking about bedas, we're talking about spiritually. And Hashem is going to them. That's not Harsina, that's Pesach. So it's a pella. More than that, the very name Harsinai, why is it called Harsinai? So there's different opinions in the Gemara what the root of Harsinai is. But one, one the, 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 in Chazal, there's a number of uh, opinions in Chazal that the word Harsinai comes from the word Sneh, which is a bush, right? That was the mountain where uh, the burning bush took place. And what's the Indian of a Sneh? Sataka, why did Hashem... So in other words, in other words the whole name of Harsinai is established because of the experience of the burning bush on that mountain. And Taka, why was that revelation to Moshe Rabbeinu on a bush? So the Gemara says in Shabbos, the Gemara says as follows. It's, the context of the Gemara is interesting. It's talking about a guy that, has, uh, that, uh, that is sick. And, and, uh, and uh, the Gemara says a certain incantation that, a, that the person should say in order to get rid of the sickness. And the incantation has to do with the word sne. The sickness in Aramaic is uh, connected with the word sne. So this is the incantation. This is what the words are. Sne, sne. Bush, bush. Lav mishum degevies mikol eloni. The person says, Bush, you should know that it's not because you're so exalted and so high. Ashrei HaKadosh Baruch Hu Elach that Hashem put His presence on you by the story of the burning bush. Ella, quite the opposite. Mishum demeiches mikol eloni. Because you're lower than every other tree. That's why Ashrei Kutcher Baruch Elach. That's why Hashem resided upon you. So the whole in of the burning bush is what? Is a symbol of being low, downtrodden, and that's exactly where Hashem goes, because Hashem goes from a high place to a low place. That perfect for the burning bush story, which is Pesach. But the name of the mountain, which is the Torah being given on it, is called because of the bush, Har Sinai. So I understand, that name should not have stuck by Shavuos time. Dolin and Shavuos is the opposite of this. And the truth is, it, it's ironic. I mean, Chazal say that what was given on Har Sinai? Torah. Chazal say Torah is compared to water. Why? Because water goes from a high place to a low place. Torah goes from a high place to a low place. I, I, again, I, the whole model of Har Sinai in the, in the transition from Pesach to Shavuos is us going up to the point of where the revelation doesn't have to go down at all. It is, we're, we're ready for it. We were kind of When a person has money, you go to the store and you buy something, it's not a Rachmanis. The guy, the guy sells you something, he's doing you a favor. He's not doing you a favor. You've bought it. You, 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 you've earned the right. If he doesn't want to sell it to you, he doesn't sell it to you. But, but it's, not, it's not charity. Pesach is charity. Shavuos is not charity. We've earned it. So what's this ending of, 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 of Harsinai and Shavuos being described as Daka Shal Ruch, that Hashem descending? It's the exact opposite of that. Okay, so you have to figure this out. So, so, so what does it mean exactly that we've acquired, that we've acquired Harsinai if we're still very low? And, and how are we low? I thought we've got out of that from the Menta Shari Tumah. So this needs explanation. Okay, now let's, let's begin a, a path towards understanding it. Chazal say, based on a Pusik in Shir Shir, and the Pusik says, Hashem is, uh, I guess, reminiscing with Kal Yisrael about the good old days. So Hashem says, remember Yom Chasunosai, remember the day of our marriage. So Chazal say, when did we get married with Hashem? So Yom Chasunosai, Chazal say, Zeh Ma'an Torah. 
So Harsinai, Harsinai is a day that was defined as a day of Chasana with the Rabbani Shalom. Okay. So let's understand what that tells us about Yiddishkeit, the fact that it's compared to a Chasana. So how, 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 does, how does marriage work? You know, this, we have such a halachic status as, as, as Ishas. There's such a thing as Ishas. There's a marriage between a man and a woman which obviously creates a lot of halachas, right? Certain limitations now, you know, they're, they're disconnected from other people. There's obligations between the two of them, ishas. So how does ishas happen? So ishas happens, we know, not uh, on its own. Many things in Yiddishkeit are all real and halachic statuses. They come from God, God does them. So God makes Shabbos. God establishes something as kosher, something as treif. That's uh, it's God's stuff. And then there is inyanim that are man-made, so to speak. Certain statuses, certain halachic realities that we, that we do. So if I, uh, if I purchase something in the store, so I now, a reality is just created that I own this object. And, and that has halachic significance. No one else can take it. I'm in charge of it, whatever. And that reality, which is a halachic reality of me owning something, that is, so to speak, man-made. I did it because I purchased it, I acquired it, that's something that's man-made. So we have halachic realities that are made from God, and there's halachic realities that are made from man. What is marriage? What is ishus? Well, on the one hand, you would say, certainly it's man-made, because how do you get married? Well, there's something that you have to do. You have to go to the woman with her consent, and you have to do my sekinya. Kesav shtar and bia, you give her something, and you say, hared mekodesh is Okay? So you're not, you're not buying and selling, you know, it's not a carton of milk, but, but you're going through a halachic procedure to establish the relationship. And so her, you, it would make sense that this is a relationship that's man-made. And by the way, and because of that, the classic, uh, you know, something that, that, that you've created, so you should be able to undo. So I buy something in the store, I've created that relationship between me and that object, I've created it because of my own choice. And so if I want to dissolve that relationship, I can. I could sell it to someone else. I could make it hefker. It was mine. Something that Hashem did, I can't, I, I'm not in charge of that. I, I, have to, I have to just deal with the consequences of what God does. But if it's something that I've created, I could undo it. A new ishus is something that a person could undo, right? There's a parasha of Gedon, parasha of Gerishin. So I made the relationship, I could undo it. It's fine. So it would seem that ishus is something that is a... A, a, a kinyan, a, a, a chalois, a reality, a relationship, a, a, something that is fundamentally man-made. We are creating it, and because of that, we could undo it. Here, here's the problem. There's a, a Pasuk in Chumash, it's a Mitzvah Matayra, which is called the, the prohibition of Machzir Gurushasai. Machzir Gurushasai means that if a person, uh, let's say there's a couple that's married, and they get divorced, so fine, so she could obviously marry uh, other people. Okay, she's a grusha, she can marry a kain, but you know, she, she can marry to anyone else. And they can get back together. If they want to get remarried, that's also fine. If he's a kain, they can't, but they, they get back together. But the halach is, it's a pasach, it's an isidraisa, that if, however, this lady, after the divorce, marries someone else, and then that marriage dissolves, whether she gets divorced a second time, or she's widowed, whatever the situation is, if she, get ma- she got married to someone else, she can't go back to her first husband. That's called Machzer Gerushasek. Okay, fine. So, okay. Das is das. There's many halachas of people you can't marry. Okay, so a Kayan can't marry Grusha. A person can't marry Mamzeris. He can't marry a non-Jew. Okay, so you can't marry uh, your own ex-wife after she got married to someone else. Zeres 
But here's the, here's the issue. It doesn't seem to be just simply just another category of women you can't marry. It happens to be, this is the category, an ex-wife that got married to someone in between. The Pasuk describes this, uh, this halacha the following way. That the original husband is unable to take back his ex-wife, to remarry his ex-wife. After she became, after there was, hutama literally means tame, like, like uh, contamination. After there was an unfaithfulness. And Chazal Darshna like that. Ahrejudah means a lack of, an unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. We told him unfaithfulness. It was fine. It was Kadas Moshev Yisrael. It was fine. They got divorced. She was 100% mother to marry this other person. And she did. And this other person was Tzadik Yisraelim. He was Nifter. And they want to get back together. The Pasuk is saying that he can't remarry his ex-wife because Ahri Hutama. So th- this, is, this is a problem. This is a problem. Now, again, without getting into the details of this, there's other interpretations of that Pasuk according to Chazal. But to boil it down, that is the simple Pshat and Pasuk. So what does that mean? So the way it's explained is as follows, is that this idea of Machzir Grushasai is not just, okay, there's many women you can't marry, this is just one of them. No, no, no. Pshat is like this. Even after an Ishas and marriage dissolves, even after Gerashin, obviously the level of relationship has been severed and has been undone to the degree that allows her to marry other people, for sure. But despite the fact that she's allowed to marry other people, there is some remaining yachas. There is some ishas remaining from the first marriage. A get cannot truly sever the ishas completely. It can't. It can't. There's always going to be some residue left behind. That if you actually, if the person remarries the, the, his wife that he divorced, then even though he has to go through the process of Harayat Mukdashisli, the whole thing again, it, conceptually, it's not even considered a new marriage. It's a revival, a resuscitation of the old marriage. So even though you have to go through the process again, it's not really new. It's bad some, a resuscitation of the old. Therefore, says the Pasuk, if the woman in between gets remarried to someone else, even though it's fine, it's 100% fine, but in terms of resuscitating the old marriage, if you were to resuscitate the old marriage, then, 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 there, is, then there is on some level a... a, a uh, uh, um, something disrupting that. There's been some, so to speak, an unfaithfulness to that old marriage and the fact that she got married to someone else. What do you mean? She was totally fine. 100% she was totally fine because when she got married to the other person, the level of the old marriage was uh, on a respirator. So, it's fine. so it, w- it wasn't fine. It wasn't a problem. But if you're to remarry that, uh, to get back together, and that marriage is brought back to life, so to speak, then you have this the fact that she was married to someone in between causes a rift in the original marriage. So in other words, the concept of Machzir Gurushasa is telling you that despite the fact that there was a get, the Ishas, can't, it cannot be severed completely. By the way, even after a person passes away and the woman is, is widowed, even then the Ishas is not completely gone. We know there's such an idea that's called Yibam and Chalitza, that under certain circumstances, the brother... There's Zika, there's some connection between the widow and the brother of the person that passed away. And so that's a big discussion, Mesech Zivamis, but it's very likely that the way to conceptualize this idea is that even after death, the Ishas is not gone. So that's already a Pella, that not only the husband's not around anymore, and still there's some 
connection to the, the concept of the husband. That, that she actually now is bound to the brother on some level. You've got to do something to, to let her get married to, you know, to Chalitza, something. But what we're seeing from here is a new idea, is that, that Isha's cannot be truly undone. It can't be undone. But here's the problem, one second. If Isha's is man-made, like we said before, then every Kenyan that's man-made can be undone. How, how could you create something that's stronger than you? If you, if you bought a card of milk, you created that relationship. And the Mamela, you can sever it, uh, of course. So, the, so if Isha's is something that you've created, Vaharaya, you have to say the words, then what does it mean that after you've created it, it's now bigger and stronger than anything you could possibly undo? So what's going on? So the answer is, is that the way to think of Isha's is not God doing something and we're just passive. And it's not man-made and we can then make it or break it. The way to conceptualize Isha's is, is that the actual mitzias, the actual concept of marriage or the relationship between these two people, potentially, is from God. Our boy, Lad, 40 days before, there's already a baskal. And even if it's a second marriage, okay, it's still menashemayim. The concept of marriage is something that, that is coming from a very high place in, in creation, and it's not something that's, that's a man-made. One of the, one, there, 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 there were 10... Nature itself is not man-made, right? They were created by, by God's sentences. Let there be light, v'chulu. There was an eleventh sentence, so to speak, which is It is not good for man to be alone. Let me make him a helpmate. Ishus is something that came from a dibur, came from a, a an utterance of the rabbanish It is not something that we can create. The concept we can create, and the very relationship between ploini and ploinus between these two people, you can't create. So, what do you need kedushin for? What do you need a ma'isa harayim mikdashesli? The answer is what a person is doing down here is creating a vessel and creating an environment in which the concept and the truth of Isha's is able to manifest, is able to materialize. But once you create that environment by saying and doing, going through the process of Kedushan, then what kicks in is not something that you've done. What's going on over here is that there is something that's coming from above and your job is not to create it. You can't. It's bigger than you, it's deeper than you. You couldn't create it if you wanted to. But you can't, but, but without you, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's ethereal, it's vapor. It doesn't have any concrete reality to it. What you do is create an environment, to create a vessel in which that's able to manifest. That's what Ishus is. And that's why you have to create it with Harib Lee. But once you allow that Ishus to come to materialize, it's now bigger than anything you could have created. And even after Gerishin or after death, the Ishus is still there. The giving of the Torah is compared to Ishus between us and Hashem. Which means, so the same thing. What is, what is Yiddishkeit? Is Yiddishkeit is the, is the Devekus, is the Elokus, is the revelation of God in our life something that's just. It is what it is. It's given to us and we have to react to it. Is it something that we create, that we actually, that we actually acquire in the full sense of the word, like you acquire a carton of milk, that it's mamish yours? The answer is, it's neither. It's ishus. It's ishus. It's the model of marriage, which is that the dveikas that the Jew has to God and the relationship, the, the, the experience of elikus in our lives is be'etzim something that's bigger than us, it's higher than us, and it comes before us. And it's not something that we can create, nor should we. Because anything that's man-made is, like I said by the case of the cardinal milk, it's going to be limited to your ability. 
And the Rabbanu Shalom's experience with us and his, and his relationship with us and his revelation to us does not want to be lim- he doesn't want it to be limited to how much we can do. It want, he, the Rabbanu Shalom wants to reveal himself to us on his terms. In what he, not in our terms. But on the other hand, the Rabbanu Shalom wants us to be able to, to truly embrace the experience and for it to become fully absorbed in our kishkas. And it should be something that's truly ours in every sense of the word. And so now you're stuck in this imbit. So which one is it? God wants to reveal himself in full kivyachal to us, but that's not something that we can create. So if we're just sitting passively and receiving a gift, then it's not ours. So therefore, what, what, so what, is, what is Yiddishkeit? What Yiddishkeit is, is marriage. Is that we do certain activities, and we do avayda, which is what? Not to create the yachas, and not to conjure up the revelation. It's to create an environment within our souls, and within ourselves, within this world, that allows that revelation that's going to happen anyway, that is happening, to, be concre- to concretize and to materialize, to be manifest, and to become part of our visceral experience. That's what Yiddishkeit is. Yom chasunos is at Matantayra. And so... Based on this, with Yiddishkeit, when we talked about, when we talk about, you know, from Narizal, that Pesach was a gift, and then you moved to Shavuos and Harsinai, now we acquired it, we have now a little bit closer, and, and, and we're stepping that much closer to a better definition of what that means. When we talk about acquiring Elokos, it doesn't mean a, a revelation or a, a, a bond that we are literally acquiring and, so to speak, compelling to be. When, like a carton of milk that you buy in the store. So Kavyochel Rabban Shalom remains in his unknowable place of essence, but because we've put money down on the table, called Shachas Minchamayev, called Talisman Tefillin, called Avodas Hashem, the Mesir's Nefesh, so now we, now the Rabban Shalom is Kavyochel, he's decided to, be, to force himself out of hiding. Well, in, in that case, then, then it's like a carton of milk. It can be, we create, we, we sort of, we've conjured the revelation, we've brought it out of hiding Kavyochel, and, be, and if that would be true, then it would be by its very definition limited to what we can conjure up. That's not what God wants. God wants the revelation of Pesach, which was in his terms, which is obviously going to be much deeper and much broader and much more expansive than anything we can obviously, than we could earn. The Rebbe wants that to be experienced. So in order for that to happen, God creates this model of Ishas, which is he's revealing himself. On Pesach, it was in such a way where, you know, we, we had nothing to, we had no kalim to truly process it and to make it a part of our system. When it comes to Shavuos, after 49 days of Avaida and continuing on, that's what Yiddishkeit, the model is based on that, which is now we have kalim, kalim shainim. We have many vessels and many ways to allow us to be able to absorb and to connect and to be makasha ourselves to that revelation which is coming and not, a, not from our side, from the Rabbanu side of things. I, th- this is a classic concept in Ishbitzer. I've mentioned this many times. Uh, the Ishbitzer gave a, 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 a mashal, I, you know, at this point, if you've heard me enough, it's now a, a famous mashal. So uh, the Ishbitzer said, you have a person that has a business and he has an only son and he says to his only son, listen, the business is yours, you're my only son. But if I give you the business straight uh, like this, then everyone's going to have tainas on me. The workers that have been working for 50 years are going to have tainas. And, and deeper than that, the Ishbitzer said, and even you are going to have tainas. Even you are not going to feel be'etzim connected to the business. And you're always going to have that thought in the back of your head, like, why, like, what shaykh is, who am I that I deserve this? It's just nepotism. People are going to be tying that to you, and you're going to tie that to yourself. So said the Ishbitzer, what the father says to the son is, so do me a favor, work in the business, work your way up, and of course you're going to you're going to climb the ladder quickly 
and, 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 and build a bond with the business. And, and in that way, when the business comes to you, you feel it's yours. But what you're going to be given, Aleph is coming to you anyway, and Bayes is bigger than anything you've technically deserved. But what you're doing is building Kalim within yourself in order, to, in order to respectfully receive the business. That's the model of Yiddishkeit. Fine. Now that we have a better working definition of what Shavuos means, which is basically building Kalim to allow us access and the ability to absorb the Giloi of Pesach and the Giloi of Elokos, not acquiring it, but allowing us to receive it in a way that it could become acquired by us in sense of our ability to connect to it. So now, and that's what all of Yiddishkeit is. So every single mitzvah fundamentally that was given to us on Sinai is fundamentally this some is fundamentally revolving around this this nakuda, which is another way, one of another uh, one out of six hundred thirteen ways to build within yourself the ability to absorb elikus that is coming anyway. That's what Yiddishkeit is. Not it's not money. It's not a transaction. You're not putting something and now earning it. The classic way of thinking of Yiddishkeit is that you do mitzvahs and you get reward. That, that, that's buying a card of milk. That's not Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is building kalim to allow yourself to absorb a div- divine revelation which you are not compelling to happen. But you're allowing yourself to absorb it. So now, what's important to identify though is, so what is the core, what is the most important element of this kli? This ability to absorb elikus and to, and to have elikus, so what, what is it? If, the, if again, if the Yiddishkeit is a model of mekech umemkar, of buying and selling, then, 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 there doesn't, then, then the, the most important thing is just effort, you know, and doing the, checking the boxes, like, okay, th- this is how much the card mill costs. So you have to get the right amount of money, and it has to be the right currency. Okay, so that's all you need. So if I'm trying to acquire godliness, so I have to make sure I'm paying the right amount, so you gotta do a bunch of mitzvahs, and it has to be the right currency, so it has to work in halacha, you got, you know, so you could, you could, you have all the devotion in the world, but on Sukkot, if you're shaking a, you know, a piece of cedar branch and an apple, it's not, it's not the right currency. Okay, that's the model. That would, that would be Yiddishkeit if it's just Mekah Memker. But now it's not Mekah Memker. It's, it's building within the soul the ability to experience God and, 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 and for it to take root and to feel that, that, it, that He's your God. So, so what is that? What is that? How do you, how do you, how do, you do that? What is the, what is the most element, what is the most fundamental quality to allow yourself to be able to, to feel the relatability to God to such a degree that when God reveals himself, it's a shidduch. What is that? So in the Kabbalah Svarim, it goes back to the, to the Rizal, and this is something that the, the Rashash really, you know, develops uh, in great, in, in full. That the Midah, the quality that is the most elemental and the most core and the most fundamental in terms of building kalem frelikos. Kalem frelikos is a quality, is a midah that's called chachma. It's called chachma. Chachma me'ayin timatzi, the Pasuk says. The quality of chachma comes from nothingness. Comes from nothingness. Chachma is the quality in order within which elikos resides. That's something that we, it's rooted in the Kisferi, and anywhere it's a big klal in the Svarim. That anywhere you want, some, if you want to define something and redefine something as a kli, as a vessel for elikus, not a transaction, but a vessel for elikus, it has to fundamentally be the, a vessel of chachma. 
And everything you're doing has to be about building this experience of this person into a vessel of Chachma. Okay. So in the Kisviari and the Reigns of Rashash, that's, the, that's what it, Chachma, Chachma, Chachma. What does that mean, Chachma? So comes the 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 Magid. Magid teaches, and this is something that is the fundam, the, the building block of all of Chabad Chasidus, really. Mizutra Magid taught in the name of Alshemtiv that the Mida of Chachma in the soul is the Mida of Bittal, the Mida of nothingness, of humility, of recognition that we have nothing. To feel to feel transparent. To be transparent. That's what Chachma means. Chachma is a combination of what? Of the two words, Kayach, Ma. Kayach means the ability. And what, what's, the, what's the energy of, kayach, of, of, of Chachma? Kayach, Ma. The ability to be nothing. Who was the one that is the one human being of all time that gives us the Torah, right? Meaning that he is the greatest example of being a Klifer Elikos. It's Maishu and Aaron, Maishu Rabbeinu. And Maishu says about himself in Aaron, Anachnu Ma, we're nothing. There's the embodiment of Chachma. So here's the interesting paradox. In order to truly receive godliness and to acquire godliness in terms of harsinai, not, not carton of milk, but in terms of ishas, just like a person acquiring a wife, it's really creating a vessel, creating an experience to allow that ishas to come in. The acquisition, the currency, the ability to turn yourself into a klifra lekos is through the kayach v'chachma, through bittel. Which means, ironically and paradoxically, the more a person can absorb within themselves a sense that they don't deserve their banish lailam is exactly what allows you to acquire their banish lailam. If it's, again, if it's mekech or memkech, it's a carton of milk, then it doesn't matter, it's, it's only, you don't need bittel. You need to put on the table mitzvahs and mysterious nefesh, blood, sweat, and tears. And then you acquired it. But this is not what we're talking about building a cleaf relicus. The cleaf relicus is chachma. Chachma means bittel. Which means that the difference between Pesach and Shavuos, which Darizal said is what? Is the difference between just a gift versus an acquisition. It's not the pshat, therefore, according to this, what, we're, what, we, what we've defined is that we were thinking until now means that by Pesach we were very, very low. And that's why it was only a gift. Comes to our Sina, now we're already high. And now we, we earn it. We have all the cash needed. That's not how it works. What, what was different between Pesach and Shavuos is as follows, is that in Pesach, we didn't fully acquire within ourselves, we didn't, we didn't build within ourselves the vessel that's required to experience Elokos, and on Pesach we, and on Shavuos we did. And what is that vessel? That vessel is a feeling and a, and a deep sense that we don't deserve it. A deep sense that it's a gift. On Pesach, we experienced a gift, but we didn't absorb within our bloodstream the sense that everything is a gift. We still felt a certain sense of self on Pesach. And because of that, God's experience to us was not acquired. When it comes to Shavuos, what we've, over the 49 days of Asura Saimer, what the Jewish people acquired within themselves and, and, and inculcated within their blood is a sense of Ezdakush Varuach, is a sense that we are low and we are empty and we depend on God's love and mercy. And that's exactly how, you, how we were able to truly acquire relicus. So we started with a question. I don't understand. How could it be that Pesach is what? Pesach is low. And Shuas, we, uh, we, we were kainit. But uh, Chazal say that Adrabish, Harsinai was an experience of Hashem going down. And it's called the Sneh because Hashem is going down. Which one is it? 
I thought we're going up. The answer is no, no, no. The entire acquisition of, of Madregas till Harsinai was one long acquisition of we have nothing. The Kayach HaChachma and the Midah HaChachma is to be low. That's the very Midah HaChachma. That's how you acquire Alakos. This is why the whole, the whole Hakdama to Harsinai, Hashem says like this, This is, this is, this is what the Rabbanu Shem is saying, right, by, by the foothills of Harsinai. Hashem says, You saw everything I did to you in Egypt. And I carried you on wings of eagles. And I brought you here. Oh yeah, I brought you here. Shkaich, took us out of Mitzrayim, that was you. But getting us to Harsinai, that was 49 days of Avaida. What do you mean you did it? The answer is, that's exactly what our Avaida was for those 49 days. Our Avaida during that time was to acquire within ourselves a mentality of Avayashamilai, that the Rabbani Shalom was doing it. That's the acquisition. This is the, this, this is the, deepest, the deepest key for Elikus, is a sense that, that, that the Elikus that we're going to have is a, is a Matana. That's the, that's the Gilo of Elikus. Let me share with you a few lines that we find in Rabbzadik. He writes like this, in Chazal say, and you know, uh, going, if you go back to the story in Parshas Vietze, Yaakov is on his way to, uh, to Lavan, right? And so he, uh, he, uh, he stops off uh, by the base of Migdash, by the place of, uh, you know, by, by what's going to be the base of Migdash. And he has this, uh, this vision of the Sulam, Mutzavartza, right? This ladder that feeds on, on the ground, the ladder, the, the head is in heaven. And it's a big machlekes in, in the Rishon, and Rashi, and the Ramban, and it's rooted in Chazal also, where in, in Yaakov's dream, like where is the Sulam uh, placed? I guess when you read the simple story, you would imagine that wherever Yaakov is sleeping, that's where, that's where the ladder is. But according to a, a certain opinion in Chazal, it's not like that. Yaakov is sleeping by the Harabayas, by the base of Megdash, but the ladder is, its feet were by Harsinai. And Chazal had this lotion, Sulam Zasinai. Sulam Zasinai. The, the ladder itself, it was, it was, fi- it was fixed on Harsinai, and, and, it, and it itself represents Harsinai. And so Ratzadik makes the following observation. It means that the first, you know, revel- first uh, emergence of Harsinai in the world was Yaakov's dream. And Sinai always means Rabbanashim revealing himself in the highest madrega, like the Rizal said, you've acquired it after 49 days of Avaida. And the first emergence of Harsinai is when Yaakov is sleeping, which is ironic because Yaakov would represent the Jewish people. And by Harsinai, we're not sleeping. Adarab, we're very spiritually awake. We, we've just, we, we, Golis is sleeping. Pesach, we're sleeping. But by Harsinai, we're fully awake. So what's going on over here? That Harsinai emerges, Dafka, in a, in, 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 a, in a time where Yaakov, the Jewish people, so to speak, are asleep. Listen to what Tzadik writes. He says, The highest level of Gilu Shechina, which was a gift by Kriyas Yamsuf, but then acquired by Harsinai, is now being described as Hashem, you know, standing on top of the ladder. That's Harsinai. And says Ratzadik, and this took place, when Yaakov is sleeping, which always represents being in a low place. Ubiyarida. And says Ratzadik, that's exactly what Sinai is. Sinai appears, and our ability to acquire Lakustafka comes because we've acquired within ourselves a sense of lowliness. It doesn't mean to be low because of Averis, but it means to be low because of a Kenyan of Midas Achachma. When you acquire within yourself a level of Bittal, that means that you, ha- you know, so- some people are, are, have a Midas of humility, Dafka, because when things don't go right, so they're forced to be humble. That was Pesach. 
So we were also humbled on Pesach, but it wasn't because we were kind of the madrega of humility. Humility was brought upon us because look where we were holding. But by Harsinai, that, that was the acquisition of it. That was the avayda, Asriya Saimer, is to acquire Bittal. And when you acquire Bittal, then you, you're also in a low place. But it's not, but it's not out of circumstance. It's the, that you are low, but in the most beautiful of senses. And that's how they're abundant. And then you've acquired Elokos. Now you're a cleaver Elokos. So he says, We know that when Yaakov is, is sleeping, Chazal said that all of Eretz Yisrael gathered together under his head. So he says, Eretz Yisrael, what does Eretz Yisrael mean? Eretz Yisrael means moichin, it means uh, God, godly awareness. That's the place that the Jewish people own, we acquire. That means Eretz Yisrael represents an acquisition of, of godliness. And that happens, Davka, that's under the head of a sleeping Yaakov. Davka is sleeping Yaakov. And that's the only way it happens. When Yaakov is sleeping, the kasher who daka kol kach the shuffle bein of shein klum, dafka when he's humbled and low and he doesn't think of himself as anything, oza shemis baruch oimer shuakol. Then Yaakov is told by the rebbeinu shalom, you talk everything and you have everything because of that. Shekach hamishpan. Ritzalik makes an observation. He says and it makes sense like this. Why? So he says there's a pasuk that says Hashem tzilch Hashem is your shadow. There's a famous teaching from the Baal Shem Tov and the Vilna Gaon that Hashem tzilch means that Hashem is your shadow. Literally, like your shadow always follows you, right? You can't you can't trick your shadow. You can't go fat. You know it's your shadow. So Hashem is your shadow. Hashem always mimics you. So says Rav Tzadik, if you acquire within yourself a true a true mida of humility, not because of circumstance, but beetzem you are low then Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shade. And Hashem will also, Kivyachal, mimic that of also being low. So Hashem will descend into a place of, of, of being able to be experienced and to be known. Hashem will descend from high to come to you because that's exactly what you've done in your own life. So ironically, the way to be kind of God is to acquire within yourself a sense that you don't own anything. That, 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 that's how you acquire Hashem. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Gemara says, uh, it's interesting, the Gemara, the Gemara says that it's a whole Misa, that there was a daughter, one of the Roman princesses, I can't remember the name of the Amor, she saw one of the Amorayim and noticed that he was, uh, he was ugly. And she said, it's, it's, it's such an ugly, I, like, I'm shocked how ugly you are. And so, and so the Amor said, you know, I have, I have, I have you know, I, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying. But I have a question for you. You know, if you're so mocked on beauty, I've noticed that your father, the, the Caesar or the general, whoever this person, maybe a senator, whoever this person was, I see that his wine, uh, his wine cellar is full of expensive wines and they're all kept in, in earthenware jugs. It's not, it's not so nice. It should be kept in golden and silver, uh, you know, uh, jugs and things like that. She's like, you know, it's not true. And so she changes it and all the wine spoils. So she goes back to him with a complaint, you know, what are you doing? So he says, she says, you see, it's Davka, an ugly vessel that's able to contain precious things. And he says, and, and the Namara said, you have if I was even more ugly, then I would be in a, even a bigger Talmud Chacha. That's the Maish Nigamar. So Ratzadik writes in Sefer Kaimitz Amencha, he says that, again, whenever Chazal talk about beauty and ugliness, they're not talking about physical things. Even though the, the princess was talking about physical things, but if it's recorded in the Gemara, Obviously, there's, there's depth to it that are beyond what, the, what this Roman princess was thinking about. So if, he, if they're talking about beauty over here, it means, it means that, there was, that this Amaira, on his mind, the Rosh Hashanah words, that this Amaira was spiritually be, ugly. There was, a, there was an ugliness to him. 
What does that mean? So it's like writes like this. The key of the Gemara, whenever the Gemara talks about ugliness, it means spiritually. So it says, I don't mean that this Amaira was ugly and low and, uh, and from in a low spiritual place because of Chas V'Shalom Averis. That's, that's called being low out of external circumstances. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this Amaira was Be'etzem low. And he felt a certain, and, and, he was, and, and, and he was made ugly. He was made with a low, a, a, a low level spiritual awareness. And he was aware of his low level spiritual awareness. He was at some low. And, 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 and says Ratzadik, and that's exactly why he acquired Tyra. Because he was, he was ugly spiritually, not Mitzad his actions, but Mitzad himself. And he embraced that to be a vessel for Elikus because of it. Chazal say in the Gemara Nadarim, Be careful with children of poor people. That's where Tamidicham come from. But Tamidicham themselves very rarely have children that are Tamidicham. Why? The answer is because the, the kli to receive Torah is, ironically, a, a low spiritual level or a low spiritual uh, 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 low spiritual sensitivity, but not a low spiritual sensitivity because of external, you know, mistakes, uh, an internal lowliness. That's where Torah goes to. And ironically, once a person raises themselves up to a high spiritual level, then it could be the Torah will leave. A person always, it's, it's a strange way to say it, a person always has to remain ugly. A person always has to remain, it's a classic twist, but a person always has to, has, has to discover within, has to, has to remain ugly. So that means even a person upgrades, it means with that upgrade of spiritual sensitivity and madregas, you have to acquire more chachma. More bittal, more bittal, more bittal. Either a person is low because of their circumstances, but that's not a real bittal, or, or they're low ba'etzim because of who they are. And if a person upgrades their, their Yiddishkeit, so it's like, it's like a catch-22. You're low, so Rabbanu Shalom gives you elikus. Now the Rabbanu Shalom is giving you elikus, uh, now you're more spiritually aware and more sensitive. So now the elikus is going to be gone. So you have to constantly be incorporating more humility, more bittal, acquiring more and more sense of shiftless hanefesh, and that will keep you always as a nani. You always have to remain poor in order to receive Tyra. And once you become wealthy, then you're poor again. And then, and then once you're, then, then, then you have to keep it, yeah, you have to keep this going. Ulakach, he says, says, so we read this, because Tyra always goes from a truly high place, and Davka goes to a low place. Davka to a low place. And he ends off with an amazing thing. Ulakach, this is in, again, this is in Resise Laila, page four. Ulakach, kol shahadoris hoilich holchim umaskatnim. Therefore, we find the following phenomenon that as the generations get uglier and uglier, lower and lower, and we acquire with, and, and just because of the nature of our Nishamas versus our ancestors, we acquire within ourselves more of a sense of inner lowliness. Lowliness because of, of who we are. There's more of a revelation of the secrets of Tyre. Because although halacha and our understanding of nigla might require a big brain and a big and a broad and, you know, and, and more, spiritual, more spiritual wealth, but secrets of Tyre is truly more of a shidduch 
because again, secrets of Torah is really the part of Torah that elokus, that godliness is more, is 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 pulsating deeper within. So again, the vessel for God for elokus, for godliness, truly is a sense of lowliness. And of all chalakim of Torah, of all parts of Torah, the one part of Torah which is pulsating with the most elokus is the secrets of Torah. Therefore, ironically, the secrets of Torah is going to be more fitting to a person who has a low spiritual stature than someone who has a high spiritual stature. But not a low spiritual stature due to mistakes, due to Averis, which is coming from an ex, because that's an external lowliness. We're talking about an internal lowliness. And therefore, Davka, as the generations go on, and there's Taka more of an internal lowliness because of Ridas Adairas, then, of course, uh, you know, a person has to remain holy and pure because of you know, external averis. But the etzem, because a person is low, that's exactly why secrets of Torah is more apparent and more widespread and more, become more revealed as the generations go on. Because secrets of Torah is connected to Elikos, and Elikos, Davka, resides in a low place. So he says, It becomes more clear, more strong, and more absorbable in people's hearts. The And the true crown of Torah, the crown of Torah, is open to everyone. Is open to everyone. And Davka to the people that are low. So let's go back. We're standing by our Sinai, and we say, What does Nasa Vinishma mean? Nasa Vinishma means Rabbanu Shalom. We will do whatever you want, and then we'll try to figure it out. Nasev Nishma is an expression of bittel. It's an expression of, I have no seichel of my own anyway. Like, why, why, like, all the other nations of the world said what's normal, which is, let me hear, and then I'll do. We think of that as like, because they're, they're in, in the other nations of the world, they were saying that as like questioning. But the Jewish people, even if we're not going to question, it still makes sense. I mean, like, t- tell me what to do, and then I'll do it. The answer is, when we said Nasev Nishma, it was saying that we... We, we don't understand, even if you're going to tell us, we don't know. Even if you tell us, we don't know what it is. We're just, we're just going to have to do with your help. Because it, it's not going to come from us anyway. That's exactly what we acquired over Sphere Simon. That's exactly what we acquired. And now that you said that, now you can have Arsina because you fully acquire within yourself an, an awareness that what? That you don't have the kalim to truly know anything and, 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 and deserve anything. So what's the Tachos is saying, Nishma, I will hear it. We don't have the, we can't anyway. We might as well just, we'll just, we'll just do. We'll only do if you give us the ability to do anyway. That's, an, that, that's how you acquire Tyra. And not only acquire Tyra, that's how specifically, that's how, that's how you acquire the secrets of Tyra, of all things. Mi gila roze Hashem said, who revealed this secret to my children called Nasev Nishma? Nasev Nishma is called the secret because first of all, it's paradoxical. That the greatest way to acquire God is to acquire within yourself a sense that you don't have, have a, that you can't acquire God, that you're nothing, that you're low, that you're nobody, that you can't, that you don't. To, the, in order to have the kalim to experience the kus, you have to inculcate within yourself a sense that you don't have the kalim to acquire the kus. That's a sight. That's a paradox. That it, it doesn't make any intellectual sense, and that's exactly the the very vessel that's required. For of all this, the Chalak Maftar specifically said, And the truth is, if you look at the Ramchal in, um, in his Akdama to one of his Svarmayim Harvichuach, the Ramchal explains that the real experience of Har Sinai was, was really the secrets of Tyra. And the Halacha of Tyra was sort of the after effect and the, 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 the packaging that w- was needed 
you know, to, to give context to the secrets of Torah. In other words, way we, the way we interact with Torah is, our first experience is nigla, is the revealed halacha, revealed Torah, and then when a person's holding and ready, then you get to the secrets of Torah. Harsina was the opposite of that. Harsina was a revelation of secrets. And from the secrets of Torah, then it emerged, the halacha as a vessel, as a, as a, as a you know, the next step of that revelation process. But the ikarin of Harsina was sight. And so if in, in, in order to experience, in order to receive that, you have to say Nasa Vinishma. That's exactly what Tzadik is saying, that the secrets of Torah Dafka resides in people that are makir, that they're low and ugly. That's exactly what Nasa Vinishma is. Migil Raz If you have that secret, then secrets can be revealed to you. That's the secret of Yiddishkeit. To acquire Chachma, acquire Bittal, always look at ourselves, and, you know, and, and, and you know, other Yidin you could look at as handsome, but yourself... To acquire that meat of shilz lenefesh, as dakas shval ruach, and when a person acquires that, then they'll paradoxically and ironically feel a deep spiritual satisfaction in their lowliness and in their shilz lenefesh. Taka bizeicha to that, and just like we stood by our scene that said nasav nishma, so taka we should bizeicha to repeat that nasav nishma and experience the ultimate gilu. Bivias called tzedek meher vimenu amen.